There are often two sides to every story. There is the one we all think and know to be true, for whatever is the reason. We have better trust in the storyteller. Their facts seem more believable. The other story is just too crazy to believe. How often do we pick the wrong story, though? The one we perceive to be real isn't the full truth or just plain lies. How often is our perception of a story nothing close to reality? This is unjust. We're looking into America's criminal justice system and questioning if there is any real justice incorporated into what we trust to determine the guilty from our innocent. I'm your host, Madeline Pukiti. We'll be diving into the world of cash bail. Cash bail is used as a guarantee that a defendant will return for a trial or hearings. The money is returned after they make all necessary court appearances. Otherwise, the bail is forfeited. So essentially, cash bail operates like this. You get arrested for some crime. You get brought downtown to be let out of jail. You need someone to pay some money for you. And then you'll get the money back if you show up to your court date. In theory, it sounds great, right? It holds people accountable for showing up to their court dates. I mean, the storyteller is our government. Why wouldn't? you trust that. It all seems to make sense. So we've got systems that over-criminalize mm-hmm. uh, people of black and brown and indigenous, uh, people of low income, uh, because of the circumstances that they find themselves. This is Representative Noor speaking, who I had the pleasure to interview. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Mahmoud Noor. I'm a state representative for District 60B in Minneapolis. I'm interviewing Rep Noor because he has authored Bill HF741, which is to end cash bail in Minnesota. I thought he would have a little bit more insight on what is the issue and why are we believing the wrong narrative. And after missing my exit an embarrassing amount of times, I wound up at the Capitol in downtown St. Paul to talk to him. You've got somebody who's poor, somebody who is struggling in life. As soon as they go to jail, they may lose their job. They may lose their home. They may even lose their children because if there is uh, an issue whereby they have good custody of their kids and they're able to take care of them, we're going to send them to jail because they could not pay a small sum of amount of money and we're going to be spending $135 a day to hold someone in jail just because they cannot pay $78. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help anybody when you see that form of justice system by putting people in jail and making sure that you know they, 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 they stay there until they're hearing. It does not make sense to me. $78 bail, $135 a day to have someone in jail. And according to the Journal of Economics from the Hamilton Project and Smart Asset, the median price of bail nationwide is $11,700, while 47% of Americans would not be able to unexpectedly cover $400. This is the true story of bail. This idea that Repnor addresses where it is harming people who are already in a rough spot sheds light on how $11,000 may be the median price and a major factor in the issue, but it doesn't start there. You can't ignore the $78 bails that are still a major issue for so many people. This really made me question the intent of cash bail to start out with. If it really is just to ensure someone shows up to the court date, wouldn't a smaller sum of money be that smaller than $78 or smaller than $11,700 do the same? Why are people getting bail prices that are so out of reach to joke? Wow.
Implicit bias is when you automatically associate one thing with another thing. Like you say salt, you think pepper. This is very much an oversimplification of what implicit bias is though. When you talk about it in reference to gender, race, or class, there's a lot more going into it. Harvard has a test set up where you can test and see what implicit biases you have. It's called Project Implicit, and there are various tests, including if you have a bias for or against a person based on their race, gender, sexuality, weight, disability. Everyone has implicit bias. It's more a matter of whether or not you act on it. For instance, you are walking down the street and you see somebody who is disabled. Your implicit bias may be to think of them as incapable or feel sad. What matters though is if you decide to go up to them and make a comment on it. Essentially, it is a two-part issue. Part one being the fact society has instilled this into you. Part two being when or if people act on it or if they don't realize and address that they have an implicit bias and then they wind up acting on it subconsciously. For this research on implicit bias, I drew heavily from the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology, specifically the volume Assessing Dangerousness Admits Racial Stereotypes and Analysis of the Role of Racial Bias. Judges are the ones who determine price of bail. Implicit bias plays a detrimental role here. A big issue is the judges will automatically associate people of color with violence, causing them to give out harder release conditions or higher amounts of bail to people who are black compared to their white counterparts with the same crime. The implicit bias many, also often white judges have, is influencing how fairly they carry out the, their job. Meaning this could be a factor coupling it with the statistics on how people of color are overrepresentative in the criminal justice system and why bail is out of reach for so many people. So if we had a system that says as soon as you get arrested we know that you're going to show up in court to respond to the charges that are filed against you we should be able to give that individual an opportunity to succeed in their lives this is rep Noor talking about the system he wants to create versus how it is working right now we've seen this process whereby when somebody's charged they lose their hopes they lose their lives they lose the opportunity to succeed so that creates a barrier that creates a disparity knowing that Minnesota's got the worst disparities when it comes to white and black and people of color and indigenous in general. So this is a way of saying, no, we should not continue to hold people in jail. From looking at numbers from the NAACP, the racial disparities in the prison system are real. People of color are five times more likely than their white counterparts to be incarcerated, which goes back to prove the effect implicit bias can have when dealing with cash bail. We've got laws in the books that are designed to criminalize black and brown. So, uh, uh, and for us to look back and say, look, we failed in each and every category from education, from housing to uh, employment to everything else. And yet we still also have the criminal justice penalizing the same individuals. That's something I think we need to look quite comprehensive. This is where I started to see the larger cycle cash bail is a part of. It starts with the laws Rep. Nor was talking about, for example. We're not addressing the disparities in transportation. In fact, we should have a free uh, you know, transit system and we should pay, all of us should pay for that. So that injustice system, right now I'm looking in a bill to decriminalize those who are unable to pay for the fare. So if you take the light rail right now and if you don't pay, you will be criminalized and you'll have a charge of $180. So that means someone who could 
could not even afford to pay for two dollars yeah. now they've got a big bill to pay and we're putting them through the uh, the uh, criminal justice system that's unfair uh, and that unfairness is actually things that we need to be looking into uh, laws like the punishment associated with not paying for a light rail ticket are set up to get people of color and poor people arrested then it goes into the over policing of black communities which is effectively the enforcement of these laws this is where the issue of cash bail steps in that person will stay in jail and guess what many people are traumatized they have good mental health issue this triggers even more mental health issues it triggers more of anxiety and and quite frankly some people will plead guilty just to walk out of jail and that actually creates a huge problem this trauma many experience in pre-trial detainment that rep nor talks about is what can happen to anyone who can't afford bail why would one want to go to court face a jury and possibly get jail time after already being detained because you can't afford bail when you could just plead guilty and said work out a deal with the judge to try to get back to your life faster. And then looking at research from the National Institution of Justice and again from the Hamilton Project, it can show us that if one decides to go to the court, being detained pre-trial increases your chances of being convicted. And then after someone is released from jail, their medium income drops on average by 40%. This starts the cycle right back over by then being predisposed to be arrested for breaking laws that have been set up to target people who are of lower income. You can't sum up all of the issues in the criminal justice system with saying we need to end cash bail. However, ending cash bail is an important step in this process because then one could be able to go to work before a court hearing and not lose their job or have to worry about what their kids are doing while they're sitting in pretrial detainment. As well, instead of being detained, they could have time to prepare for their court hearing, meaning another way could be possible aside from just a plea deal. The system in cash bail is built on the assumption that every crime is committed with malicious intent. Many petty misdemeanors are either a small mistake in someone's life or out of necessity. I think we need to have an alternative uh, pretrial system grounded in the presumption of innocence for mm-hmm. everybody. And the cash, ending the cash bail system is just a small step in the right direction to allow individuals who are unable to pay a small sum of money because pre-tri- bail is just a set of conditions that are set by the judge uh, for the pretrial. So let's look into can this individual afford to pay? If not, let, let us find an alternative way. Ending cash bail is not about rewarding people who have committed crimes. It is about giving people who don't have money the same opportunities those who have the money to pay already get. And by looking at statistics that have been gathered in the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology, it shows us that it has been proven to work. In D.C., when they ended cash bail and instead had a system of supervised release with reminders to show up to court dates sent out and check-ins depending on the crime, they saw a 90% increase in showing up to court dates. In Colorado, a simple call reminder decreased no-shows to 12%. According to the Prison Policy Initiative and the Hamilton Project, currently 70% of people in local jails nationally are in there because they cannot post bail. $179 a day per person held in jail is a national average cost. That is a cost that the government should not be paying. This money could instead be put into programs that benefit communities most affected. So I think um, we'll keep on fighting for justice. We'll keep on fighting for those who are unable to speak for themselves. And that's why we're here. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate your time and everything you're doing. You're doing amazing work. No, thank you so much. Appreciate it.
to once again thank Representative Noor for taking time out of his day to talk to me and bringing to light even more aspects of this issue that I'd not even thought about. The narrative that keeps being told highlighting cash bail as a necessary institution is false. It is set up to systematically harm communities of lower socioeconomic status and people of color. Nowhere does it take into account humanity or follow the principle of innocent until proven guilty. It puts a price tag on freedom, thus putting a price tag on the fundamental beliefs and values of American culture. This has been episode one of Unjust, where we are currently examining the role cash bail is playing in our criminal justice system, and if any real justice is being administrated. Continue following us along as we talk to people on the inside. And I'm Madeline Fahidi. Thanks for listening. Wow.